In the holy name of Jesus, amen. You ever have those days, those weeks, months, or a year where you just can't seem to do anything right? You can't say the right thing, you can't do the right thing, you try and you try again, and somebody turns around and says, no, that's all wrong, you're doing it all wrong, that's not what I had in mind. You say, think you say the right thing, and they say, that's not what I needed to hear from you right now. And you kind of throw your hands up in the air, and you just say, I just can't seem to do anything the right way. You've been there, I've been there, especially it's difficult when you're trying so hard to do the right thing, you think you're being helpful, and somebody else thinks otherwise. Jesus experiences this quite a bit throughout his ministry. Today you heard about him getting into a boat. If you were to look at the gospel prior to today's reading from the gospel reading, you would see that he is in an area where he heals a man who is full of demons. And he casts the demons into a bunch of pigs, and the pigs go tumbling down into the sea of Galilee, and they drown. Thanks be to God, you might say. Hey, this is amazing. This is incredible. This is absolutely amazing what Jesus can do. You think those might be the responses. But in reality, the people told Jesus after he did this, go away, get out of here. We don't like what you're doing. This is not what we had anticipated. And I don't know if it was because these people saw maybe profit in their pigs going down into the drain, literally, or if it was just a matter that they were truly disappointed in what Jesus had done. That's why he's in the boat today. Get out of here, Jesus. This is not what we're looking for. They did not like what he was doing, even though it was the right thing for him. He saved that man. They kicked him out. People don't always like Jesus and what he does. Who's attracted to Jesus on the cross? We see Jesus being nailed to the cross in the picture or the image of a crucifix. There are sometimes people who bristle at that. They look at that and they say, oh, that's, that's horrible. He's risen from the dead. We shouldn't look at this. But we should look at it because we put him there. My sins and your sins put him on the cross. He went there gladly and willingly. It was the right thing to do, and yet we at times look at this and say, that's not what I want out of God. That's not what I want out of Jesus. We look at Jesus today, and we look at him in many ways as just some sort of motivation, some sort of reason that maybe will give us some sort of hope that maybe things tomorrow or the next day or the next year will look a little bit better. Remember when we were talking about 2020 and just getting rid of that year? 2021 hasn't been that much better. I'm kind of scared about 2022. 
but it's almost here. And the reality is, is that as we continue on as Christians in the day and age that we live in, we have to ask ourselves, why are we here? And what are we looking for from Jesus? We look at Jesus on the cross and say, right there, there are all of my sins, they are gone. Probably not. If I had my way, if I had my choice of choosing how God would look, it certainly would look a little more happy and a little more cheerful, but it's not. Jesus gets to the bare bones of the reality of the world that we live in. People possessed by demons, paralytics, people broken down and weighed down by so many different sins. And yet he ends up in many ways being a big disappointment. To him, he still moves forward. This next year, I will mark, God willing, 20 years of being a pastor. I didn't think I'd make it, honestly. Still have the number for the truck driving school in my billfold. It's real. It's thought about at times. Don't worry about it. It's not going to happen. You know what probably is the most offensive thing that people have heard in almost 20 years? Think about the most offensive thing that people might hear from the church service. You might say, well, it's probably that Jesus is the only way to heaven. Nope. Well, it might be that you tell people that we're all sinners and that we deserve God's, God's wrath and punishment. Nope. The most offensive thing that I have said as a pastor is what you heard at the very beginning of the service. I forgive you all of your sins. Who does this guy think he is? Never mind, we preface that in the stead and by the command of my Lord Jesus Christ as a called and ordained servant of the word, I therefore forgive you all of your sins. For many people who are outside of the church, the Lutheran church particularly, this is one of the most vile and offensive things that they have heard. My church in Charlotte was 40% of them were non-Lutheran. Every time I virtually sat down with them, they would say to me, oh, we, we got to clarify one thing real quick before we get any further in our discussions. And I could see it coming. Who do you think you are saying that you can forgive people's sins? Only God can do that. And sure enough, Pastor Schaff, I'm looking at you, and you're not what I would view God to look like. <laughs> well, yeah, you got that right. But why? Why are people so offended by those wonderful words? I forgive you all of your sins. They're gone. They're paid for by Jesus. And as a pastor, I'm not simply saying here today, I am God. I stand in the stead. How many of you have slept through the night, waking up, but woken up by your sins, by your guilt, your fear, terrified maybe even to go to sleep about what you've said or done and how God views it? How many of you have knelt down in prayer saying, God, please forgive me, forgive me, forgive me, Lord, for what I've said or done? 
please make it better, Lord, have mercy on me. Maybe you have, maybe you haven't. But our sins should terrify us because the wages of sin is death. But in the midst of the crying and the praying and the begging of God, what do you hear in response? Many times you hear silence without God's word being present, without God's word being spoken, we are left hanging. And the whole idea of announcing the forgiveness of sins is not to say, hey, I'm that special or I'm that kind of guy that can do this and nobody else can. It's God literally saying to you through a humble servant, not really, if I say I'm humble, I'm not, somebody who has been sent to you to say, your sins are gone. As far as the east is from the west, they are no longer remembered, washed away in your baptism. And yet people will say, this doesn't make sense. Or let alone they will say, you can't say that to people. That's in a sense like going into the doctor's office knowing that you have a bill of cancer, and a doctor coming in and saying, you're cancer-free. You're healthy. The cancer is gone, wiped away. We wouldn't look at that doctor and say, you can't say that to me. It's not the doctor who did it. And the same thing goes with this here. Jesus, in many ways, can be a disappointment because he regularly gives us the medicine that we regularly need, the gospel in the forgiveness of all of your sins, the promise of life everlasting. And yes, at times, it will be a big disappointment. The church will be a big disappointment to many people, but Jesus continues to send out this message. And it's not just through people like me, it's through you as well. When your husband or your wife sins against you and they say, I'm sorry, please forgive me, how do you respond? Prove it. Just how sorry are you? Or what exactly are you sorry for? Not that that's ever happened to me. Of course it has. We love because he first loved us. We forgive because he has first forgiven us. And if we dare withhold this same forgiveness from others, it's not your forgiveness that you're withholding. It's God's forgiveness. God's forgiveness purchased and won by the precious blood of Jesus Christ. If you go about your life thinking about this, living in this forgiveness, it might not be too long before somebody asks you to leave or that somebody is royally offended. But if you just go on being forgiven, living forgiving, and forgiving others, it might happen that you also win others back into your life that once were lost. Knowing that we are forgiven, knowing that Christ has announced that forgiveness to us today changes us. It changes us in a sense that we do not have to go around 
carrying all of our sins on our shoulders. It changes us in a sense that we can now go out and rejoice that others are forgiven as well. Not just you, but others as well. That's because Jesus does the harder thing by taking on all of our sins and putting them to death. And by faith, we look to him at the cross and we say, thanks be to God for this wonderful gift. And we come into this place on a regular basis to be refreshed and renewed with that same forgiveness through his word and through his meal. This is the gate of heaven. Jacob saw it in the Old Testament, and this is the reality for us now. So that whether we live or whether we die, we are with the Lord. I have to admit, today's hymn of the day was a little hard for me to sing. This past week, we lost a dear member in Jack Funk. Many of you have heard that information and know about that. His funeral will be this coming Thursday. The last stanza of our hymn of the day today was the last hymn that I sang to Jack before he died. And honestly, it was hard for me to even sing it with him at the nursing home. It's such a wonderful hymn. Lord, let at last thine angels come to Abram's bosom, bear me home, that I may die unfearing, and in its narrow chamber keep my body safe and peaceful sleep until thy reappearing. And then from death awaken me that these mine eyes with joy may see, O Son of God, thy glorious face, my Savior and my fount of grace. Lord Jesus Christ, my prayer attend, my prayer attend, and I will praise thee without end. No matter how Jesus is viewed by the world or by you, his love is unending and abundant for you today through the forgiveness of all of your sins. And that forgiveness is not just some sort of good news like the Brewers being in the playoffs. <laughs> that good news is your life. It is life eternal. It is life changing. It is exactly what you need, and it is exactly what you have, both now and forever. To Christ alone be the glory, forever and ever. Amen.